welcome to the newest episode of the Here's So We Don't Get Fine podcast. I am Thomas, joined with me, my lovely co-host, David. Don't call me lovely, bro. That's weird. Okay. My ugly co-host, David. Thank you. You are welcome. You like what I did there? I uh, left you high and dry. You I went did. in for the, like I was going to start it, and then I didn't. Yeah, well. Yeah, this know. is what happens. What? This is what happens when you go against the rules and the norms, and you decide to do your own thing. Uh, yeah, it's our podcast, David. We do our own thing. That is the whole point. But we have planned out what each of us do. I mean, I don't know if we ever really, like, quote-unquote, planned it out. I mean, that's fair. No, we did. Because I, I specifically was like, who's going to do the intro? And you were like, not me. Uh, it makes me uncomfortable. You do it. Yeah, well, you know, well, we've been podcasting for almost a year now. Holy cow. Yeah, it's almost been a year. That's crazy, isn't it? Crazy, awesome, fantastic. Yeah. Pretty soon we're going to be on level with Pat McAfee, man. No. No, we will never. How long do you think he's been podcasting for? It's been a minute, don't uh, you I think? mean, so he's been retired for five years. He's had a podcast, I think he started it two years before he retired. Oh, jeez. So seven? Man, that's a long time. Yeah. Wow. Let's just take it year by year. Yeah. See what happens. Anyway. Anyways. Hello, and welcome back. I already said that. To here so we don't get fined. My name is David. My name is Thomas. And we are back with another episode. Yeah. We the should. right way. The right... What was wrong with the way I did it? Everything. What? I, it sounded the exact same. No, it didn't. The people listening were like, whoa, why is David sick? Why does he sound so much better? <laughs> You do have a better voice than me. I hate my voice. I think everyone hates their own voice, but yeah. like... Like, I hate my own voice, but I've been sucks. told it sounds like melted butter on a uh, skillet. Mine sucks. By our friend Madison. Mine sucks speaking, sucks singing. My voice just sucks all around. At least you can, like, keep tone. I'm That's either true. I'm either on key or I'm off key, and you it's very pretty, random. You are pretty tone deaf, and that's not just talking about your sports takes. Wow. You get it? That was a dig at your singing and your sports takes. My sports takes are not tone deaf. Tone deaf? The D- phrase is tone deaf. Same difference. Potato, potato. Here, as in deaf jam. Same, that, same, same difference. Can we talk <laughs> about how weird of a, t- of a name that is? Deaf jam? Like. I really was just. Trying to push to get another meh. Uh, meh? Yeah. You'll have to do better than that. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Anyway, got a lot to talk about today. Do we? So we're going to start off with probably the most exciting sport in America. That's right. You guessed it. Golf. Pickleball. Um... No, golf, obviously a lot of people hate. I love, Thomas hates, whatever. Quidditch. But there is a story. Quidditch is a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, the most exciting sport in America. I would love to play some Quidditch. David, you can't rollerblade. I, I can rollerblade. I don't think you can handle Quidditch. I can rollerblade. Okay, go rollerblading without breaking something. I sacrificed myself... To not murder a small child that walked right in front of me. Uh, that does not mean I can't rollerblade. That means I have a heart. That means you spit in the face of Charles Darwin. <laughs> That's all that means. <laughs> I don't think preventing accidents is spitting in the face of Charles Darwin. I mean... So the man who invented the seatbelt spit in the face of Charles Darwin? Yes. <laughs> Drive safer. I mean, hold on. Are seatbelts, like, to drivers what helmets are to football players? I mean, probably, yeah. I'm just saying. Because, like, helmets not only protect you, they also protect people involved, like... But they also, like, people are more willing to be more aggressive. I don't... Because they have that protection. Thomas, before helmets were around, people were still playing tackle football. No, yeah, they were, but they weren't using their heads as weapons. I don't think people drive more aggressively because seatbelts exist. I think the people who drive 
more accessibly are the type of people who will run from police and not wear cops. Or not wear cops. I don't think anyone wears cops. Not wear uh, seatbelts. The type of people me, that like are aggressive drivers are the same type of people that break the law on a regular basis. Call me crazy. Right, but you're crazy. If there were no more seatbelts in cars, I wouldn't speed as much as I do anymore. That's fair. It's a good thing I drive everywhere we go. I'm a great driver. Don't don't make that face. I am a great driver. You don't speed with me in the car, thank God. Yeah, well, when there's other people in the car, I'm responsible for their lives. So, I, you know, I'm a little bit more cautious. I've become an increasingly better driver as I've gotten older. Oh, well, I mean, 19 tickets will do that to you. I think that's part of it. I've gotten an obscene amount of tickets in my life. I started having to pay my own insurance as an adult. And uh, that definitely helped make me want to drive safer. But also just like... Driving 85 scares me. Like, as a kid, I never thought about popping a tire. Now, I know how easily tires can pop and how crazy it is. What if I'm going 90 on the interstate and the tire pops? Uh, Well, if you're wearing your seatbelt, you should be okay. I don't think you know how seatbelts work. I don't think you wear seatbelts. I do wear seatbelts. I mean, after the thing beeps at you a thousand times. It only beeps 54 times. My point exactly. I don't... It's not you know the point. exact number of beeps you have to sit through before it shuts up. Yeah. I think it's, it might be 58. It's 58 or 54. I don't know. It's your truck. I think it's 58, actually. I think it's eight short beeps and then 50 small beeps. Point is... Or no, eight long beats, 50 small beats. Point is, golf. Golf. Quit getting us off topic, Thomas. I'm not getting us off That's topic. That's my job. You're getting us off topic. You're the one who started this off topic you're the one who yeah you messed up dang it <laughs> dang it i, I was i was so like dead i was dead certain that there wasn't going to be a <laughs> uh, let the record show that you got this tr- you got this show off the rails by forcing me to do the intro This is Chris's fault. That's whose fault this is. This is Chris's fault. I never meowed until I met him. We were also supposed to start recording like two hours ago, and then Chris called us, so... Uh, it's 100% Chris's yeah, fault. Yeah, it would have been different if we recorded two hours ago. Maybe I wouldn't have got the meow. So early. How long? I'm so glad. How long? Eight minutes, dude. I got it at probably like 7.30 somewhere. Uh, that's, that's it. Seven minutes and 30 seconds. That's how long it took. The best part was how you recognized it immediately. God dang it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, is that going to be a running bit now? Is yeah. When yeah. you I'm can make me meow? Actively argue with you. Even if I agree with you. I will argue with you until I get a meow. And then I will say I agree with you. <laughs> it almost happened again. <laughs> Anyway, golf. Golf. I love golf. I don't think there's much... I don't think there's many things more exciting than watching a championship playoff where a guy has to sink a 40-foot birdie to win the whole shebang. That is so exciting to me. I think the amount of things more exciting than golf are quite bountiful. So, and that is an opinion that a lot of people have. I recognize that I'm in the minority. However, I think this is a story that anybody and everybody would love. Mm-hmm. It's a story of perseverance. Oh. It's a story of perseverance. Oh. I lost all of my synonyms. Synonyms? Synonyms? Synonyms. Synonymities. Synonymities. That's that's a great word right there. Synonymities. Yeah. Name that movie. Oh my gosh. Name that movie. Synonymities. Um, let's see. Let's see. Wolf of Wall Street. Correct. Is it really? No. Oh. Well, what movie is it? Finding Nemo. Nemo can't. 
properly say see in He touched the butt. <gasps> he touched the butt. That was creepy. What? The way I said that. A little bit. Listen, I <clears throat> I realized that I have a creepy whisper voice. Mm-hmm. And by I've realized, I mean one person told me. There's a, a line in a song from uh, Les Mis where this little girl is with these awful, awful parents who took her in after her mother died. Father mm-hmm. wasn't in the picture. And these people treat her awfully. And she talks about this dream she has of a castle on a cloud where she can go and um, she doesn't have to clean. She doesn't get yelled at. Crying is not allowed. Like, all on a castle on a cloud. Uh, and there's this one part where this lady that takes care of her and loves her in this castle says, um, Cosette, I love you very much. But she says it in like a whisper voice. Mm-hmm. So I'm hanging out with my friend. We're listening to this soundtrack because it's a banger freaking soundtrack. And that song comes on and the part comes up where she whispers, Cosette, I love you very much. And I said, Cosette, I love you very much. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. And my friend, who's a female on the attractive side, who I happen to have a massive crush on, was like, uh, yo, that was super creepy. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> and I've been very self-conscious of my whisper voice. Do I have, do I know this person? Since. Uh, you know of this person. I don't think you know this person. Okay, 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 um, okay. Okay. But, anyway. Golf. Uh, golf. Wonderful story. Of perseverance. There's a guy who is a, a PGA club pro. Okay. If you don't know what a PGA club pro is, there's like, a difference between a club pro and a tour pro. The main difference is that a tour pro makes their living playing golf. Okay. Whereas a club pro usually works for specific PGA affiliated golf clubs. They do lessons, they teach, they lead classes, uh, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's. I don't want to say it's almost like those who can't do teach because I feel like that diminishes these people. But a lot of times these are guys who aren't just like great golfers, but just not quite good enough to make the cuts at these major championships. I gotcha. And so they, they, but they are passionate about golf. So they work at these PGA clubs across the world to uh, still have that passion for golf and to teach people how to play golf and how to do it properly. Stuff like that. Right. Uh, This guy, his name is Michael Block is a PGA club professional. Mm-hmm. And uh, the most money he's ever won playing golf uh, was from the club pros championship. So it's a championship of just club professionals, obviously. Okay, yeah. So you don't have guys like Roy, Roy, Rory McIlroy, Bryson DeChambeau, Tiger Woods. Like They're not playing in this thing. This is just club pros. Uh, he Normally, club pros do not qualify for cuts. For major championships a lot of them try and they apply i guess they play through rounds but they don't make the cut so this guy goes to a cut and he plays 18 holes and he gets a call saying he made the final cut for the pga tour hey he goes on this pga tour has a phenomenal run and ends up finishing tied for 15th He's the first club pro to make a cut in, I forget exactly how many years, but a very long time. And far and away the first club, the only club pro ever to finish top 15 in a major championship. Wow. He has been a, he's 46 years old. He's been in the game of golf his entire life. And he goes out, plays the round of his life, playing next to the likes of Rory McIlroy. Uh, on you know they 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 go in sets yeah yeah so like Bryson DeChambeau will play with Phil Mickelson and Brooks Kepka I got you uh, yeah McElroy will play with Thomas and Cam me? Smith and like whatever wow what a terrible Justin point. Thomas not oh, you oh. I was Calm about down. to say it took me like five hours um, to golf one eighteen no course <laughs> no we got lapped uh, twice Justin Thomas that's yeah not surprising by the was same I person yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So I was about to say, I've golfed with you. Yeah. yeah, it was the same person. Came back Baker, around twice. Right? It was me, you, Baker, Reynolds. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. We should go play golf sometime. I miss golf. We should not. Anyway. Um, so, beautiful story. The man overcomes a lot of obstacles. 
He gets the call. There's a video of him actually getting the call. And it is, I mean, beautiful. He starts crying. His wife is sobbing. Uh, he says, uh, I think you're going to have to talk to my boss, see if I can get the week off. Um, and, you know, it's a joke. And the yeah. boss is right there. And he's like, yeah, no, I, I'll give you the week. How about that? Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's just a beautiful story. Uh, I think what makes it kind of puts it in perspective, if you will. The purse he took home was just over $288,000. That's a good That's a good payday. The primary way Michael Block makes money is giving golf lessons. He makes $120 a golf lesson, $150 a golf lesson. That is the equivalent. What he did in this weekend of golf was the equivalent of 1,920 golf lessons. Darn. That's took a, home a two hundred and eighty-eight thousand purse. Again, he's won the Club Pro Championship before, which won him seventy-five thousand dollars. That's the most he's ever won playing golf. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. And so it's just a really, really cool story. <clears throat> a guy who it, it almost reminds me of like Francis. We met the guy who was an amateur, wasn't supposed to be good, became the first amateur to ever win the U.S. Open. Right? Uh, it's a guy who's just Absolutely loves the game of hockey, hockey, golf, never quit it, never wanted to stop, and ultimately got to live out his dream playing alongside the uh, best of the best and making the cut, finishing top 15, just phenomenal. He was actually uh, on the, I think it was the 13th hole, uh, he hit a hole in one, not just a hole in one, an ace. If you don't know the difference between an ace and a hole in one, that's where the ball doesn't touch the green. It just goes straight into the cup. Just swish. And people start erupting in cheers. He takes off his hat to like point to the crowd or whatever, puts it back on. He looks at Rory, Rory McIlroy, his partner, and he goes, did that just go in? And Rory nods his head. He goes, no way. That just went in. Shocked himself. But uh, it's, a, it's just a beautiful story. The whole time, the guy is humble, appreciative. He's never arrogant or cocky like we i think and normally that's not something we see in golf but a couple years ago with bryson dechambeau and brooks kepka when they had their beef i'm better than you i'm better than you i'm the best in the world no you're not because i am like it kind of introduced this persona that we see from a lot of athletes and other sports into golf which a lot of people hated i personally love it i think it makes the game more interesting but whatever um and that kind of attitude has grown a little bit in golf still not super prevalent but it's there but this guy, none of that, just completely humble the entire time. It's just a beautiful story that makes you feel good and is real happy. Also, I don't think anyone hates watching someone else live out their dream. Absolutely. See them have their moment, their time in the sun. I, I think we all, like just as humans, can like sit back and look and be like, I'm so happy for you, dude. Yeah. And... Like in a, in a way, like we try to live a little bit vicariously through him. Yeah. You know, because like you're watching this and you just feel this immense joy for this person, and you're and I think, I think it's a great thing, not just because you know, as I said, someone got to live out their dream, and not only that, but they didn't play terribly either. And uh, sport especially, it kind of seems like there's this vibe across the sporting world that if your dream doesn't happen between ages 18 to 24, it's not, not going, going to. to. Yeah. And to see this kind of uh, Cinderella story come from behind and play really well, and like it's just a beautiful thing. And it's a beautiful lesson to re to be refamiliarized with like yeah. your dream can come at any point. You just have to be ready to seize it when the opportunity is there. Yeah. It reminds me kind of how I like see videos of people getting the call that they're being drafted. Yeah. I like, love those. There could be a, a guy drafted in the fifth round from a D two school that I've never heard of. I've never heard of the guy. He's going to one of the worst teams in the NFL, but I see a video of him sitting on a couch surrounded by family and friends getting a phone call that he's going to be drafted into the NFL. And it just, I mean, my heart gets warm. I've even cried at some of those. Yeah. But it's like you said, just the uh, the idea that 
someone gets to uh, fulfill the goal or reach the goal, I guess, that they've been striving for since they were five, six years old. Yeah. And it's a really cool, really cool thing. But yeah, yeah we just a, wanted to bring in that story. What a beautiful moment. A little bit. Michael Block, good on you, buddy. If you ever listen to this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure you will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We'll happily have you on. <laughs> yeah, man, really cool. Wanted to mention that. But now that that's over with, we got a, a little bit of an update for you guys as far as the NBA playoffs go. Yeah, we do. And when I say a little bit of an update, I mean very little bit of an update. Yeah. Um, because there are two things happening in the East and in the West, and those are the conference finals. Both of those series currently sit at 3-0. Ooh. <laughs> Neither. I'm pretty sure that teams are 0-43 and, and going down Something 3-0. Like Something uh, like that, and yeah. Yeah. A team has never overcome a 3-0 deficit in NBA history. So, um, But just a few short years ago, a team had never overcome a 3-1 deficit in the finals either. That's true. And LeBron did that. Yeah. So, uh, if you weren't aware, the Lakers and LeBron are currently down 3-0 to the Denver Nuggets. And the absolute freak show that is Jokic mm-hmm. and the resurgence of long-injured Jamal Murray. His name just escaped me <laughs> for a hot second. Yeah. Uh, Jamal Murray is playing phenomenal basketball. Oh, yeah. And I think he's reminding people... Uh, how good he is prior to when he got hurt in the bubble in 2020. He's reminding everyone why he's him. Yeah. It was either in the bubble of 2020 or just like at the beginning of the season 2021. I don't exactly remember. Point is, is it's been a it's been He's a been minute. hurt for a long time. Yeah. And people forget how good. Like this team, this Nuggets team started looking like the team that was going to dominate for the next few years. Not just because of Jokic. But because of Jokic and Jamal Murray. And then Jokic goes and wins back-to-back MVPs. Jamal Murray's not playing. And so Jokic has risen while Jamal Murray has fallen. But Mans has played phenomenal basketball. Jokic, obviously, uh, is attempting to steal the nickname of Mr. Fundamental from Tim Duncan. Just playing phenomenal, perfect basketball. Uh, it's, It's... I... Don't think it's impossible, because I don't think anything is impossible with LeBron James. But I have not seen anything that makes me think this is overcomable by the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, so, we'll see. I got Hopefully, quick, they'll at least still want and not get swept. I got a quick, quick question for you. Yeah. Obviously, 15 is going to be hanging in the rafters at some point for the Nuggets. Probably. Is it what's the name gonna be though? Is it gonna be Jokic or Anthony for Carmelo? I personally have never been super high on Carmelo. Okay. Like statistically, he's what, twenty four points per game? Yeah, something like career. That. Like he's not anything phenomenal. I think Carmelo Anthony is a very good tool player. I think he was a good defender. But, like, I think Carmelo Anthony was overhyped for a very long time. And I think the majority of his legacy is in New York, not in Denver. Really? Uh, Yeah. And so, I think Jokic, Carmelo never won back-to-back MVPs. Carmelo never got his team to the the Western Conference Finals. Carmelo definitely never got his team to the Finals. Uh, and definitely never won a championship. And Jokic has the opportunity to do that. He's gotten his team to the Western Conference Finals multiple times. Uh, he's won back-to-back MVPs, and it very much looks like they're going to go on to the finals, and they have a really, really good shot at uh, winning in the finals, I think. Uh, so, no. I Yeah, I think it's Jokic, and it's not close. Uh, I'm going to tell you an irrelevant fun fact about me. Yeah. When I, my first glimpse into basketball when I was in elementary school, I was a Nuggets fan. Solid. Carmelo Anthony and AI, dude. I was like, yep, these, this is. AI went to the Nuggets? I'm, and Unless my memory is just failing me here, I'm pretty sure in like 05. I thought he was, was a career Philly guy. Oh, no. I'm pretty sure he bounced around wow. at, toward the end of his career. I did not know that. Yeah. 
I could be wrong. I mean, that's like um, Dwight Freeney. Yeah. I forget that Dwight Freeney, Freeney played play for like two teams, three teams after the Colts. The Falcons? The uh, I think he played for the Packers and the uh, Cardinals. I think I think I, I don't remember the Packers, but I do remember the Cards and the Falcons. But yeah, point is, I, I always forget he wasn't a career Colt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. But, um, but yeah, I don't know if you brought him up on purpose. But Carmantha, Car, why can't I speak today? Carmelo, Carmanthony, uh, Carmelo Anthony officially retired today. Really? Yeah. Oh, don't know if you saw that. I I, I told you that. I wasn't listening. Fair enough. You never do. Um, Listen, man. Golly, we sound like an old married I'm a couple. goldfish. Yeah. <laughs> and not in the good way like in Ted Lasso. Uh, in the best way like in Ted Lasso. Uh, but on the other memory. side, on the eastern side of the bracket, Miami also up 3-0. Fun fact about Miami in the last game to go up 3-0. They are the first eight seed to ever win a playoff game by more than 25 points. Really? They beat... Uh, the Boston Celtics by 26 at one point had a 30 point lead. Uh, the Celtics have absolutely fallen victim to Hemi Butler. Uh, Jimmy Butler is playing out of his mind. The role players are playing really, really well. Bam Adebayo is playing well. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Duncan Robinson just surpassed LeBron James as the all time three point scorer uh, or all time three points made past LeBron James. So, uh, a lot of guys playing really well. You got to think, LeBron didn't shoot a lot of threes early in his career. No, he didn't. Um, but I don't even know who Duncan Robinson is. Really? Yeah. Player for Miami. Well, I, I gathered uh, that Prior much. to Miami, he was in, um, it was either Dallas or Atlanta. I know who Tim Duncan is. No, uh, Duncan Robinson is white. Oh. No, yeah, I don't know who that yeah. is. Where did he play before Miami? Whoops, that was a TikTok. <laughs> well, good uh, good way to be on top of the ball there. Would hate our uh, listeners to hear your random TikTok feed. But uh, yeah, I uh, when I first got into basketball as a Nuggets fan, and then th- that was while I was living in D.C., I moved to the Wizards because John Wall, big John Wall fan. I lied. Duncan Robinson is a career Miami. Heat? Really? Career Heat player. Oh. Since 2018. So that makes sense that he is... Oh, I, and this is postseason three, I suppose. I also was a but. Heat fan for that one year that everyone was a Heat fan because of Wade, Shaq, and Haslam. I was a Heat fan when LeBron went to the Heat. Oh. I forget that you're a LeBron fan. I am. Hey, fair enough, fair enough. I but, was a Cla- Cavs fan, and then I was a Heat fan, and then I was a Cavs fan, and now I'm a Lakers fan. But there's uh, that basketball coverage that some people have been asking for more of yeah and there it is yeah the heat up glory. 3-0 on the celtics uh fun fact if yeah. the heat close out this series they will have beaten out in this playoffs the two teams with the best records the two best records in the nba this heat team might be the most dangerous and best eight seed we have ever seen in sport really this heat because they're not just winning series they're dominating series uh, they're they're not just winning by a little bit. They're winning by a lot. They're closing out game or series in five games. They're closing out games uh, by thirty points. Like this yeah. Heat team is good. Uh, so the very likely finals is going to be Denver and Heat, and it's going to be very interesting because I think Denver, Boston's a very good defensive team, but they haven't played well defensively in this series. Yeah. So I think, uh, I was going to say Denver's the best defensive team in these playoffs, but I don't think they are. I think the Boston Celtics probably are. But, but Denver's they haven't playing played, the best. They haven't played well defensively. And so they're going to come up against probably the best defense they've seen against Denver. Also got to find a way to not only stop Jokic, but also stop Jamal Murray. And defensively, while they haven't played great defenses, they also haven't played great defense, Ooh. Miami. And so... Um, I think it's going to be very interesting. If it is those two, I think it's hard to pick against the Heat just because of how hot they are. I would love for Jimmy Butler to get a ring. I would love to take the Larry O'Brien back to Miami. I think that'd be cool. I think it'd be fun for basketball. But ultimately, I, I do think if those two teams end up matching up, which history tells us they will, I, I do think Denver takes home the championship. 
So hey, we'll have to see what happens. But moving on to the league and uh, Major League Baseball. No, the league. The show, the league. No, it's a that, good show. What? The show, of the league. The show of the league. No, the sh- the television show, the league, about fantasy football. Oh, 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 oh. whoa, closer. We're talking about the NFL. There's been some uh, rule changes and proposed rule changes. One of them is concrete. One of them, the vote has been pushed to tomorrow, Tuesday. Uh, we'll start with the one that is concrete because, you know, that makes the most sense. Uh, the NFL owners, I believe unanimously, approved the implementation of a emergency backup quarterback. Love that. Yeah, so here's the deal on that. Uh, teams are allowed to carry a third quarterback on roster who will not count against their 53 roster count. Love that. Uh, it will not include practice squad call-ups, and this person cannot be- come in for a quarterback who has been benched. It is only in case of an injury emergency. We, You might be sitting here thinking, like, I don't really recall a number. It's not like a... a insane number of times that that has been just useful but it did just happen in the playoffs the 49ers who had the worst luck this season with keeping their quarterbacks healthy had the christian mccaffrey was slated to throw a couple passes and that's obviously not what you want if you're an nfl team especially not if you're in the playoffs yeah and i think a team as good as san francisco man um I think there's a strong argument to make. I don't think I would agree with it, but I think there's a strong argument to make that if really all they had was competency at the quarterback position, yeah, uh, they could have won that game. Yeah, because uh, I mean Philly, I mean I guess they did curb stomp them, but like not was, unrealistically, it was closer. Christian before. McCaffrey was playing phenomenal, uh, yeah. but. With Purdy hurt, Josh Johnson came in and got hurt, and then Purdy came in literally just to hand off the ball. If they had someone who could just barely competently throw the football... That opens up the defense. Like I think that game would have been different. I think it would have been a lot closer. I think Philly still would have won. It's got to be terrible as a 49er fan. Yeah, dude. and so I love this. I love it a lot. I think it allows, opens the door, allows for people. And this way, you're not having to waste time in practice training uh, a punter. To be a quarterback. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, Pat McAfee was quarterback three in Indianapolis for a long time. Uh, granted, you know, I guess you're not really wasting much time. He is a punter. Yeah, that's but, true. That's true. Uh, but, but I don't know. I, I like this a lot. I think it's great. Absolutely. And it also opens up jobs. That opens up 32 more jobs in the league for 32 more people that have their dreams. Yeah. Like. I think it's a win-win for everyone involved. I don't think anyone loses by this arrangement. Um, The next rule change that will be voted on tomorrow, there's a little bit more debate around. Uh, So there's a new proposed rule that a fair catch on a kickoff, regardless of where the fair catch takes place, the ball will automatically be placed at the 25-yard line. I hate that a lot. I do too. I think, like we've we've heard, you know, that kickoffs are dangerous, and we've seen rule changes because they obviously want to combat the amount of CTE or the risk that players are exposed to in regards to with CTE and concussions. But I don't think I think what we've done is good enough. I mean, we already don't see a super big amount of kickoffs, kickoff returns anymore, just in general, because almost every, almost every kickoff sails through the back of the uh, end zone, if not in the end zone. I feel like when you're kicking off a ball and it doesn't go into the end zone, that is intentionally done. Yeah. So if I play, like if I'm a kicker and I just beautifully. Like, the hang time, everything is perfect, and my team is able to get there by the time the ball is coming down or within seconds after the ball is coming down, and it's coming down at, like, the five-yard line. Like, that's intentional. Yeah. I think it's taking away a lot of the strategy on – a lot of the already limited amount of strategy on kickoffs. I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah, that's my thing, man. Like – it completely mitigates any sort of planned 
like you said, strategy on the kickoff in terms of like, what about squib kicks? Yeah. What about onside kicks? What about like, because those are kickoffs, right? They are kickoffs. What yeah. about like the the pinning someone deep? Like, how many times have we seen a kicker intentionally kick it to the five yard line because they don't want to touch back? Yeah. They want to get an extra set. What about um, moves to kind of turn down the clock a little bit? Like, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think that completely changes the the purpose of a kickoff. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't know. We have seen entire momentums, entire games shift on a kickoff play. Also, how entire games? Also, how many players get their break into the league? From yeah. kickoffs, I mean, like, as but those a Steelers, are kick returners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, as a Steeler, but like, if if a fair catch is an automatic placement at the twenty-five, you're telling Nine me times out of ten, your coach is going to yell at you if you don't do that. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, I'm obviously a Steelers fan, but just off the top of my head, Steelers players that got their break running kickoffs, uh, San Antonio Holmes, Emmanuel Sanders, Antonio Brown, like, I mean. Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill? Like, Devin Hester? Yeah. Like, like, his entire relevance in the league was he was the greatest punt returner or kick returner to ever do it. Yeah, I just, I feel like we're taking part of the game that is one of the most exciting. Because, like, what, whatever your opinions are, if you watched the game, the 2005 Super Bowl, Bears versus Colts, you know Devin Hester took that opening kickoff back. That is yeah, but they lost the game, so it's irrelevant. No, no they did, but like that is an electric Super Bowl moment. Go Colts, baby. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But even same, Percy Harvin against the Broncos, he ran, yeah. he ran. I think the opening kickoff of the second half back. Yeah. Like, I mean, um, the Saints second half opened with an onside kick. Yeah, like what? What against is against the Colts? Like you said, what does this mean? What does this rule change mean for squib and onside kicks? Which, granted, we barely see squib kicks anymore, yeah. but. What, what does it mean for those? I agree, man. I, I think it really seems like the NFL is actively trying to eliminate the position of punter slash kicker. Yeah. Like, outside of field goals, it seems What's they've the put a lot of things in place to mitigate that entire position. Yeah. And I think that's crazy. At what point does a team stop carrying a kicker? Like yeah. that's like that sounds dramatic and it is it is a bit dramatic but like this is what we're teeing up for like yeah. let's just have an open honest discussion about what we're setting up for the league to transition to in five ten years because at first it, we were having this same sort of discussion about the moving the touchback from the twenty yard line to the twenty five yard line and now we're talking about just giving teams the ball on the twenty five yard line like yeah. you say Why kick off. Yeah, like like legitimately why kick off? Like like you can say I'm being dramatic calling this a slippery slope and I can say we've we already went down the slope. Yeah, I mean it is dramatic. It is dramatic, but like the point Moving is Moving from the 20 to the 25 didn't change anything. So this might not change anything. But I mean, I mean no it did. The amount of kick returns dropped pretty significantly by like a third by that by those 5 yards. I don't know, man. I I definitely think this is silly. Uh, but yeah. it's not the first time it's happened. It's not the only time it's going to happen. It's not also not the only rule change that is stupid that they want to do. I don't know if you've heard about the uh, flexing in the Thursday night football. Uh, I saw something about that, but I don't. So basically they're trying to get flexes into Thursday night football. Like like moving games? Yeah. So like they, you know how so they, if there's dumb. a game in the 1 o'clock hour on Sunday, they'll flex it to Sunday night football. Yeah. So that imagine makes sense, but like on a Wednesday, you think you're getting you're playing on Sunday, or I'm I'm sure it'd be earlier than Wednesday. Let's say Monday. Mm-hmm. You think you're playing the following Sunday, and you find out you're playing in three days. That's a that that's it's ridiculous. So hold on, hold on. Let me let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. The NFL and and. In an effort to combat injuries, because ultimately that's what the this kickoff rule change is all about, is proposing this kickoff rule change in an effort to combat injuries, but last second flexing, what is that, three days ahead? 
I would say half a week ahead. Are you kidding me? I will say this. Hope I don't know. Like what I just said is all the information I have on that. Yeah. Um. So hopefully, in these negotiations and in these votes, there's something put in place where they have to give you at least like a week or two advance. Okay. okay. I would hope. You know what I mean? You, like, yeah, you would hope. Cause, cause it's not. I mean, it is pretty unreasonable to think that a guy going in on a Monday for practice and finding out he's playing in three days. Well, not only that is okay. Think, like, only, that's pretty unreasonable. Not only that, but think about coaches. Like, yeah, that changes game plan. Oh yeah, that changes your whole uh, rhythm of your walkthrough. And at yeah. that point, you're talking about people's jobs. Yeah. So I, I would like to, I would like to think. That there would be like a minimum two week notice, you, you know, know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I understand. And even then, I don't like it. I understand why. I, I, I imagine that this is coming from Amazon. I don't like think the, it is. Well, I think what on. this is me, is a gut reaction from the horrific me, Thursday night football games we had last year. Yeah, but I think that ultimately it is coming from Amazon because. Because they spent a lot of money on the rights for Thursday night football games. Last year was their first one. And it was it, like they were just all terrible. Yeah, but they like it didn't hit them financially. Like they did not suffer. Like it no, was no, no, horrible, but, but they did not suffer because they were horrible. So I that's why I don't no, think it's coming well, from But Amazon. I think I, I, if I'm Amazon, personally, I'd be upset about the product that I spent a lot of money to host. Well, but that wasn't the NFL's fault, really. Like no, at no, the beginning no. of the season, everyone thought Broncos Colts would be two teams fighting for their division, right? Right, but not like, the worst game of football that has ever been played. Right, but like I don't see why this is a discussion if it's not coming from pressure from Amazon. Yeah, I don't know, man. I because I like, don't know who it's coming from. It could be Amazon. I don't. Again, they didn't suffer financially, so that I think is what drives. A lot of uh, decision making in the NFL, especially when it's something like this, I think money is typically what drives it. When you're talking about when to view a football game, because that's what it is, right? That's what flexing yeah. is: is getting the most eyes on the game that is the most desired, right? right? To make money, and right. so I feel like money is what drives decisions like this. And from what I understand. Amazon didn't take a hit. And so, so I, if, if the money's not driving it, why would Amazon be driving it? Unless it's fear of losing money in the future, which is a possibility. I just, like, here's the, here's the, like, this is the nuts and bolts of it. It doesn't matter if the games played on Thursday are terrible because they're NFL games and they're not competing with other NFL games. So people will view them. Yeah. I don't see if it wasn't a financial hit i don't see why this is even a discussion yeah i mean i don't either i think it's stupid but again if it goes through which hopefully it doesn't if it goes through i would i would really hope and like to think that there would be at least some sort of uh asterisk in there saying we have to give at least two weeks notice before we flex this game i'm gonna tell you this right now if there isn't some sort of caveat, and I think there needs a, there needs to be a bigger one than that, I think the next CBA could be interesting. Which I'm pretty sure they just ratified a new CBA like recently, so that's not going to be for like seven or eight years. And that makes it so much more scummy. Yeah. That makes it so much more I scummy. Agree. There might be a daggum lockout. Like people. No, might, that, no not like, a lockout. A strike. It. Yeah, strike. That's it. That's the. Word. And honestly, like if this happens and there is no equal equal thing going the other way good like i mean i don't know about that i'm still a football fan no i'm like i'm a football <laughs> but no, I'm i get a, what you're yeah, saying like yeah. yeah the owners always win the cba agreements and at some point like yeah you gotta you gotta realize that like come on no i agree man uh i guess we'll see uh hopefully that doesn't go through and if it does there are some massive caveats in there but i'm mad We'll see. Yeah, it's stupid. It's really dumb. That Oh, that's so frustrating, dude. And I'm not... Like, that doesn't impact me at all. And I'm upset. I can't... Like, if I was a player... Oh. 
Well, you know, they wanted to make it to where each team could have two Thursday night games. And that's that's a, that's that's so. Or like, not each team because there's not that many. But like night teams games, could, but like teams could have two Thursday night games. I don't understand. Like, I think the only way that would work is if it was Thursday night game, bye week, Thursday night game. Yeah. That is the only way I think a team would be okay with having two Thursday night football games. Yeah, but Or then, at least one of them coming off the bye. But then how does that work if the flexing goes through too? Like, oh, yeah. like, the, like you yeah. guys are doing too much. Stop. No, I agree. And again, this is where we talk like money driving the NFL. Like uh, you got like and we're talking about the the biggest sport brand in the world. Yeah. Like how like you're already at the peak. Once you get there, all that's left is lightning. And if you're not careful, you're going to get you're going to get struck a couple times. That was a beautiful metaphor. Thank you. I you stole it. Percy Jackson fan? No, I stole it from Ted Lasso. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> But and I I actually was a huge Percy Jackson fan. I read the whole series like twice. You've read? Yeah, I used to read all the time, dude. Yeah. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, the fifth that's, book is you know, crazy awesome. Sucks. Uh, but on to something I love and also hate: macaroni and cheese, hockey. No, it's hockey. So uh, they are also in their conference finals yeah, in their are. playoffs. And similarly, sim, sim, English, Thomas. Dude, me too. Just like the NBA, both series are at 2-0. And I'm going to tell you a number. And both of them exactly what we expected, just like the NBA. Well, no. Yeah. 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 That's uh, a good point. Uh, so there have been four total games played, right? There have been 19 periods played in those four games. Every game has gone to overtime. If you're not aware, there are three periods in a hockey game. That should be 12. There have been seven extra periods. Yes, and uh, that number is inflated a little bit due to game one of the Florida Panthers and Carolina Hurricanes. That game went to a unbelievable four overtimes and was 15 seconds from a fifth until the recently acquired last offseason, Matthew Tuchuk netted the game winner, 15 seconds left, and then he did it again in game two. Every game has gone into overtime. Even though the series are both 2-0, these are close series. This has been a phenomenal playoffs for a very non-traditional Final Four. Yeah. I'm like I'm. I'm just read you the state. Like, th- have you thought about like where these teams are from? Like, r- like put some serious thought into it. So, ho- ice hockey, right? Vegas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dallas, Dallas, Miami, which is where Florida plays, and Raleigh. Raleigh. Oh, Carolina. The 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 they make up what is slangly referred to as the Sun Belt of the NHL. And it is dumb. Not dumb as in it's like stupid. It's but dumb, dumb as in wild. It is crazy that these non-traditional hockey markets yeah. are flourishing. And that not just flourishing. but nine months a year teams. Yeah. Not just flourishing but dominating, yeah. dude. Like it is. It has been. It has been crazy to see. And it's been very tight. Like to get. Like the best way I can sum it up. Is it during, I think, the third overtime of game one, Carolina, uh, Florida, there were 13 minutes without a shot on goal. D- just no team could get a could get momentum going. Well, and in they their were favor. also exhausted. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They played they played two and a half hockey games. Yeah. Like but also, like if you're a fan who went to that game, talk about getting value yeah. for your <laughs> You watched two and a purchase. third hockey games. Yeah. But no, I think the craziest part about this, yeah, about this whole thing, like Vegas is up 2-0. Mm-hmm. Florida's up 2-0. Yep. Florida won the first two games in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah. I and think that is the most wild thing about the postseason so far is Florida marched into the home of the Caniacs. Yeah. One of the wildest fan bases in the entire NHL and stole two games in overtime. Matthew Tuchuk. I don't know if he's from South Carolina and has a beef with North Carolina or what, but he just put it to him. 
and you and and he scored the game winner in both. In both. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's that's what they were looking for when they made that huge commitment to acquire him. That's what we talked about when we first talked about that trade. And I think our third episode, like, yeah, it is like the fruits of their labor are coming to fruition here, and it is a beautiful thing to see. It's an exciting thing to see. But also, come on, Carolina. I gotta be honest. I think Dallas has the better chance of coming back from this lead. I mean, like, hold on, hold on, hear me out, hear me out, though, hear me out. We keep waiting for Florida to fumble, and they don't. They, like, they have so, like, they have such a dumb amount of momentum. They've had it the whole playoffs. It had, like, the pedal has not come off the floor once. I don't know, man, we'll see. You did say either they win it in four or they don't win it. And they're really trying to win it in four. <laughs> they are trying so, uh, their hardest, dude. I don't know, man. We'll see. I'm obviously pulling for Carolina. Yeah. Um, I'm pulling for Dallas, but Vegas and Florida. Yeah. We both got, up. We got some uh, some other stuff just happening outside of the playoffs, though. That did make headlines. Uh, Kyle Dubas out of the GM chair in ah. Toronto. And... Uh, a lot of people in Toronto are happy about that. Well, that was until the latest news. So right after Toronto was eliminated, we talked about the potential of Matthews hitting free agency. That became outdated almost instantaneously as a report came out that he was ready to lock down an extension now. Well, that has changed with the departure of Dubas and the expected roster turnover, turnover that will happen. Uh, a player on the Maple Leafs texted NHL insider uh, Elliot Friedman about the change. He thinks the source, the player in the building... Elliot Friedman, for our hockey illiterate folks, is basically the NHL's version of Adam Schefter. Or, or Ian Rappaport or Woj. Yeah. Like, he is, he is the go-to insider. If he says something... It's probably going to happen. It is worth listening to. But... Uh, that player saying he doesn't think that Matthews is going to sign in, at all anymore. And that's a huge loss for that Maple Leafs team. I mean, last the last episode uh, we talk, we did, we talked about just how much of an impact he made. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's huge news. But there's also more like like there was there was some serious nuggets of news that kind of fell through the cracks because of all this OT drama. Uh, Gary Bettman has met with Joel Quinville about his position within the league. If you don't, if you're unfamiliar with the story, uh, Joel Quinville was the head coach of the Blackhawks team that won three cups uh, and notably last summer found themselves in the middle of a hot watered scandal with a trigger warning here for SA a player was abused on that roster during the cup run and he was aware of it and the right steps were not taken. So just to he, clarify, Quinnable was aware he was not the one sexually right. he was he wasn't abusing, but he was aware of it, which is almost I, as bad. Yeah, like to me, if you're aware of something bad happening and you're complicit, you're just as guilty. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And in sports, we have this phrase that we say pretty often that winning fixes everything, and it doesn't. It fixes everything on the ice, on the field. It doesn't come close to fixing everything off the ice, off the field, in the locker room, in a coach's apartment, like in a in a, in a in a cabin owned by the coach, like on a lake or whatever. It we. Was. I should feel confident in the fact that Joel Quinville will never hold another position in hockey. But the NHL has a habit of making this sport hard to love. Yeah. I should be confident that this is a non-story. Not the not the abuse, but the meeting with the commissioner. I should feel confident that that's just boilerplate nonsense. That was a formality. I'm not, though. Yeah. I'm, and I mean... It's frustrating. We, we have seen people in other leagues who have done egregious things get reinstated. Yeah. Uh, but it, I think an important thing to note here, we don't know how the meeting came to be. We no. don't know if it was called by Bettman. We don't know if it was called by Quinville to make his case. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm like you. 
I would like to believe Quinville made the call. Yeah. And Gary Bettman was feeling feisty, so he accepted it just to laugh in his face. Yeah. That's what I would like to think. Uh, but I do think we've seen people with significantly more egregious acts get reinstated in other leagues. And so, and the NHL is notorious for doing the wrong thing. Yeah. So I, I do, I, I want to hope and I want to think, but like you, I am not crazy confident. Yeah. And Joe Quinnable not, not playing or not coaching again in the end. I am confident in him not playing anymore. Oh, well, yeah, he's like 60. (laughs) But uh, I am not as confident in him not coaching in that. It pisses me off, really. Yeah, no. Like, him being behind a bench would be ridiculous, erroneous, absurd. I would be, ugh. I can, can you gonna, imagine being a player? Yeah. And ever having trust in your coach? Yeah. Like, knowing that is, what he did that's or supposed, what he allowed to happen? That's supposed to be the guy that has your back. Yeah. I I would never. We, and we, and like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, reg- I'm trying to word this in a way that's not uh, offensive or inappropriate, but like we've seen domestic abusers get smacks on the wrist. We've seen other predators get smacks on the wrist. We've never seen a player though, be the victim. Like the, like the spotlight is on you, the NHL, the spotlight is on you. It is your turn to do something really momentous. Yeah. And I mean, even with stuff like this, which is sexual abuse. Yeah. We've seen owners get smacks on the wrist. We've yep. seen owners get suspensions, but not expulsions. But this isn't an owner. No. This is a coach. Who Someone exercised who's meant- his authority. Yeah. Over a player to get what he wanted in the most disgusting and vile manner. Well, I was talking about uh, Quinnable, oh, who, uh, but who knew about it and allowed it to happen. Yeah, and that is again, as a player, someone who, like you said, is supposed to have your back, someone who's supposed to be a mentor, someone who's supposed to be someone you look up to, uh, someone who literally coaches you. And in, in sports, we know coaches don't just coach people. In the sport, it's it's but a life thing. How too. to be young men and how to you know how like, to conduct yourself in the spotlight. And so I'm I'm just think like I'm a full time youth pastor. Mm-hmm. If I had a pastor who was an open and known atheist, who not on that a there's anything basis, wrong with atheists. Do what I said. Not that there's anything wrong. No, no, with no, atheists. not at all. Not at all. But who openly hates Christianity and all things associated with it. How am I, as a youth pastor, going to trust that pastor to show me what it means to shepherd a people? Yeah. Specifically in Christianity. Because, again, nothing wrong with atheists if that's how you believe. Like, that's awesome. Uh, but in the position... I guess a better... A better Analogy. analogy would be how am I going to trust uh, a history class I take in college to a math professor? Yeah. Would be a better right. a better analogy. It's you have a responsibility. You have failed at that responsibility in the most horrific way possible, and you want to do it again. Yep. You want to be allowed to have that responsibility again. We're even thinking about giving him that responsibility again? It's egregious and it's ridiculous. Also, like, even if we want to talk about the on the ice result, and this could be an unfair, uh, an unfair thing to say, but Quinville coached the Panthers last year, who were the hottest team in the NHL going into the playoffs, and they got bounced in the first round. The Panthers team this year was not even a fraction. Last team in, bro. Last team in, and they are playing their hearts out. I, I just don't understand how you let this happen. I think it's kind of funny. I, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. But also, like, it's... It's... Uh, meow. 
<laughs> hey, I didn't make you say that. No, but the NA, if I like, I'm not saying I will because I don't know how I'm gonna feel slash react if the worst happens. If there was ever a thing that would make me turn my back on hockey, though, I can't think of anything closer than this. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's ridiculous. But um, to end on a less depressing subject. Uh, mac and cheese? No. The, Second time I've tried to bring up mac and cheese and you refuse! I'm sorry, but that's a no from me, dog. Can we have a pod dedicated to mac and cheese? If if we if we sure if we set some sort of bar and it gets reached, we can have a we can have a pod dedicated to mac and cheese. I say that as a joke, but I think I could talk on a microphone about mac and cheese for an hour. I I think you could talk on a microphone for an hour about anything. That's probably fair. You talk a lot. That's. Absolutely true. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Ask me to describe this room. Ask me to describe that mantle. That mantle full of things? And I could take an hour because every single thing on there has a story that I could tell. Like that baseball. My granddad got that baseball at a game. Right. And got it signed by Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra. Like... Oh, there's, awesome. that, there's a James Neal autographed puck up there, too, I think. Yeah, some idiot got that for me. Oh, wow. Uh, That's rude. No, uh, my best friend in the entire world got that for me. Uh, there's also a, a picture frame with a picture of Mareep in it. A Pokemon. Yeah, Mareep is my favorite Pokemon. Mareep and Eevee are kind of tied for one, honestly. Uh, one day you ask me it's Mareep, one day it's Eevee. They're both great mons. But anyway, um, that... One of my best friends got that for me for my birthday because he knew it was my favorite Pokemon and he bought it for me. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a thing of binoculars. Those are my granddad's when he used to go to baseball games to get those balls. You know, I could talk. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, last anyway. story we got for you today. Uh, you might have heard about this, but the Arizona Coyotes are currently playing their home games in Tempe, Arizona at ASU in a 5,000 capacity stadium. Uh, they were that's meant to hold the team for three years while a deluxe stadium is built in the city uh, that the city and the team and the team agree on. Well, the team recently proposed three separate concepts, and the voters of the city of Tempe said hard pass. We do not want you here. So Arizona is now looking for a new city. Did you see Patrick Mahomes tweet? No. He said, he tweeted at the Coyotes, and he said, hockey would look good in Kansas City. Hey, the Kansas City Monarchs used to be a hockey team, but he's not the, like, there's only so far we can go before the NHL has to sit back and say, this is not working. Yeah. Uh, It's looking like Scottsdale, Arizona is going to be the next, hopefully last stop for the Coyotes, but... Joel Quinville is not the only one reaching or with a meeting with Gary Bettman in regards to hockey. Uh, do you know who Governor Ned Lamont is? I do not. That is the governor of Connecticut. Ah. Who has been screaming, trying to get a meeting with Gary Bettman, and it looks like he might get heard. Didn't they already lose the team? The Hartford Whalers to Carolina, fun fact. Yeah. Uh, the apparently that apparently that city has never recovered from losing the Whalers, and they have every, like we. Why did they lose? Did the the owner just relocate? I thought they uh, lost the team. They so there was this whole hubbubaloo about the Bruins market and them protruding into it and wanting to expand into new markets, really start the push moving to the south of the U.S. Like the southern United States, like that's. I understand what yeah. the south of the U.S. means. Well, I that the way I sounded, I, the way I said that, you could be like Mexico City ain't got no hockey team. Can you imagine a hockey team in Mexico? Oh no! You'd have to zamboni that thing every five minutes. No, I could not. But the point <laughs> is, the citizens of Hartford are loud. There have been two recent expansion teams. They were in the conversations for both of them. They ultimately fell out for new markets. 
and now they see this dumpster fire of a franchise because ultimately that's what the Coyotes are. They're a dumpster fire of a franchise. Or have been. They haven't been able to figure it out since they moved from Winnipeg, and it has been this continual ball of hubbubaloo bull. All right, you've said that twice now. Hubbubaloo? You do understand that it's hullabaloo. Hullabaloo. Hubbubaloo, hullabaloo. Same. Hubbubaloo. Same difference, different day, different weather. Listen. This is like the Tupperware, Tupperware podcast you just said the same thing twice i said tupperware and tupperware you literally just said the same thing twice (sighs) tupperware and tupperware no tupperware tupperware what it's called yes and tub b b is in boy tupperware you said tupperware tupperware i said tupperware tupperware i'm sure you meant to say tupperware but you said tupperware you just said the same thing twice no i said tupperware tupperware anyway it's hullabaloo same difference, different weather. Get out of my face. What? That's not even a phrase. It is now. And what are you going to do about it? Exactly. Fair enough. But the governor of Connecticut is pushing for the change of the Arizona Coyotes to the Hartford Whalers 2.0. Bring us back those dope jerseys. Dope jerseys. Get that team that wasted you can't be a serious contender for a top four sport in the u.s when one of your teams isn't even wanted in their state and it has been proved time and time and time and now time again tell me how you really feel it's a joke that's how i really feel you want to hear a good joke tell me your mom (laughs) i'm kidding bridget i love you i'm gonna cut that I, you don't have to. That's okay. <laughs> but uh, listen, that that's all I got. Do you got any any jazz, man, to rain down on this podcast? Go golf. The NBA still sucks. Don't be stupid, NHL. Don't be stupid, NFL. That's it. There's their podcast in summation. Yep. Boom. What if that's the description of the pod? I think that's a great. <laughs> and the and the title can be Tupperware Tupperware. All right. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Wow. What Got an that easy. Out. Yeah. Hey, and for those of you who are still listening, this is how we figure out our titles and and descriptions. But uh listen, I don't know where you stand on all this hubba baloo. I don't know how excited you are for our mac and cheese pod. I I don't know what that pod's going to look like. But uh I don't I don't think podcasts have tastes. Okay. Uh, but listen, I don't know about you, but... Uh, We're just here so we don't get fined. Yeah. I see what you did. Yeah, there. yeah, payback. I see what you did there. <laughs>